welcome to Barry's Garage Podcast. And I'm sitting here with William White, who has quite the illustrious background. He's also my big brother. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk to William today. Played for Ohio State, the four-year starter there from 84 to 87. And then, William, how many years of NFL ball did you play post-Ohio State? 11. 11 years, years in the NFL. NFL and um, I'll never forget the story, William, about you sitting on a plane and where we met originally and sitting on the plane with my dad. Nobody tells it better than you, buddy. Um, do me a favor and tell that story because it, every time I hear it, I get, I get, uh, you know, I get goosebumps, man. Well, you know, we was, we was coming back from New York to Cleveland <laughs> and uh, your dad sat next to me and he asked me, where was I going? And I told him, I'm like, uh, we're on a plane. So I believe I'm going to Cleveland, just like you're going. So, uh, you know, after that, uh, he started telling me a little bit about uh, what I told him. I was an engineer. I played football and had an engineering degree from Ohio State. Then he started telling me about the Tracer unit and things of that nature. And uh, you guys, I take it um, because from what I remember, William, you weren't too excited to talk to him at the time in the background. Well, yeah, and the background was, which I, I got a kick out of, obviously, being a young kid at the time, and my brother certainly did, was you just played and, and unfortunately lost in the Super Bowl, right, with the Falcons. Mm -hmm. um, and so you had just lost in the Super Bowl. But I also think at the time you had the Super Bowl um, tackle record or the, at least the, the leading tackler for that game. Do you remember the comment you made to me, buddy, when you uh, you told me about why you guys lost? Well, that's the reason why we lost. When the safety have the most tackles, that's not good. That's, yeah, that's, that's not, not good. good. Not and if you remember, and if you remember, uh, when we we got out the plane, yeah. he introduced my little brothers to me. You know, the first thing you did, you try to run up to me and tackle me. You hit me in my leg, man. Come on, I'm like my little brother's trying to knock me down. Come on, man. I know. And, but on a serious note, Will, you were kind yeah. enough to come out and and actually meet my brother and I, who obviously you know knew who you were at the time, and it was just. You know, as little kids, man, it was so it was so awesome. But what what drew you to my my father? Because you know, we're talking a lot on this on this program in regards to entrepreneurship, right? And passion and perseverance. And what what drew you to him? Why why does somebody like yourself get engaged in a conversation with someone like my father on a, on an airplane when you just lost the Super Bowl? Obviously, didn't necessarily want to talk to anybody. But at the same time, uh, you know, for whatever reason, we've become, you know, brothers and, and uh, you know, you're a, a son to my parents, as you know. And, and so um, it, it turned into a lot more than just a business relationship. Why, though? What drew you to him? Well, I think it was more so I was really engaged in what he was doing because I was, you know, um, I was all about football and I, I thought football was very important. And I and I like the fact that you would be able to train and they had things that could really train you from a standpoint of the small things that matter. And the thing that I always liked about the Tracer, even when I had the training camp uh, facility, when I had my Tracers in there, it's those little things that I had kids look at because they're looking at their feet and their movement. It's not just your reaction time because a lot of times people just want to see how fast they, they run and how fast they move, but it's the little steps that makes them move faster. Right. It's those little, like planting that foot before you open it up and run. It's like, instead of crossing over, just making that one step to the right before you cross over. That's a big difference in, in people training and moving and reacting and things of that nature. And as the more he talked to me about that, you know, that's how I got more engaged with it because I could see how that could really help kids 
understand uh, sports and their athletic athletic ability. And so it wasn't just the fact that he was so passionate; he was slobbering on you. It was there was actually some he stuff. really was he really was because I, I was I, I was looking out the window. I'm glad I was sitting next to the window. He kept talking and over, and I'm like, man, why is this dude talking to me? And he don't know who I am. But anyway, <laughs> but no, he, he was he was compassionate about it, and that's the other thing I loved about it. He was very passionate about what he was doing. Yeah, but you know, ultimately, Will, as, as you alluded to, it comes down to measuring what matters, right? And, right. And as you knew from, I think, day one, intuitively, that what we do in the combine, and, and as you know, our dad always said this constantly. He said, "Hey, he goes, look, what you do in a combine." doesn't dictate how you perform in, in the field of play in an actual season, right? And how many right. research studies do we know about, man, that says what you do in a track meet, meaning a pre-planned activity, right, um, doesn't correlate to the field of play. And so right. when we use the combine and measuring what matters, are we really measuring what matters, Will? Absolutely, then. That's, that's a very important part because right now so many especially in the last probably five ten years people are just so impressed or about like you saying their stats and like again your stats is not going to make you play good on the field Mm -hmm. there's a big difference from your stats and you being on the field you can be the fastest person the quickest person in the world but if you you don't have the footwork and the ability to to twist your hips and things of that nature it ain't gonna matter you're not gonna be able to make plays so it's like you're saying, it's those small things that matter. Like, again, the, the planting of the foot, the, the, the making that step the right way before you go in an opposite way, you know, stand straight in line versus, you know, taking wide angles and things of that nature. Well, it's, and to your point, Will, it's, it's um, as much as anything, it's sport is unplanned, right? Yeah, you know, the combine right. is unplanned. And that's right. and life, by the way, Will, as you know better than anybody, buddy, um, especially with your, you know, your current state is, is unplanned, right? <laughs> it's all unplanned. You don't know right. where to step. You don't know how to react. You just have to do mm-hmm. it. You just have to sense or see the environment as we always talk about process information, then move, but it's never pre-planned in life. It's never pre-planned in sport. And I, I think that the Tracer's unique ability to be able to provide a, a, an analogous environment to sport and then quantify what really matters, right? So that like right. Barry Sanders sort of analogy that we always talk about and, and you know, one of your good buddies, what, you know, there's nobody better at stopping and starting and changing direction than Barry was, but he certainly wasn't the fastest necessarily willing to 40, mm-hmm. was he? But he Not at all. Start and change Not direction. He had eyes that just were unparalleled, didn't he? Unbelievable. That dude, that dude movement and ability to, change direction was yeah this yeah that's god given that's god given gift right there buddy it, it is god given but you know what yeah. I, I think it will we can create more god given uh, or we can help to help to accentuate those people's god given gifts that they already have right by training them in a reactive based environment right Exactly. Because it's like you saying, when you go to the combine, everything is already set out and scheduled and you already know you're going to go to this uh, platform first, then you're going to do to this first, then you're going to go to this uh, thing first, then this one. But with the Tracer, you never know what you're going to do. It's all a reaction. So okay. it's, again, is that mind creating, walking and talking to your body and your and your muscles and things of that nature so you can move 
in the right direction and moving in the right way. That's the thing that I like about it, the training of, of the tracer. It's not just your mind talking to your muscles, but now getting your muscles to react in the right way to move. Yeah, hey, hey Will, I'm, I'm curious, you hit the nail on the head. And, and I, I think that like in sports, it's a pretty clear analogy, right? That, you know, what we do is not pre-planned in sports um, at ever, uh, from what I'm aware of, at least, uh, at least in, in, let's use football as the example here. Um, we're not running 40 yards straight down the field. Even the best receivers that are running down the field, they're still having to stop, start, and change direction. Right. Or, you know, allude a, a safety like yourself or a DB. Um, but so you're never running 40 yards straight down the field. You're never just doing a 225-pound bench press. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how that necessarily applies, but that, that's a whole other scenario. But what you are doing, again, is, is looking at that individual's ability to see the environment process and then move from a musculoskeletal standpoint and just react and change directions rapidly. And, you know, for those that um, don't know your current, you know, situation, obviously, with ALS, is that become even more um, relevant to you now, Will, on, on a serious note? Like, has it become more relevant to you now? Or have you realized that even more now? even in sports because of your current situation, how important it is to be able to react or move laterally and things along those lines? Well, I, I know it's very important to really appreciate when you're able to react and move versus <laughs> now I can't move my arms at all. So, hey, you really appreciate when you could smack somebody or you could smack your little brother upside the head, but now I, I can't it. do nothing. <laughs> can't, can't, do it, can't do anything now. So, yeah, yeah to your point. Well, I'll smack him for you. Don't worry. Thank you, Craig. That's what I'm talking about. See, I got, I got my other big brother. Craig I got, I got your, here. I got your back. I got your back. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, so yeah, you, you do, you do want to appreciate those things that you're able to do versus things you can't do. Because, like you said, you never really know what the future is. And again, that's even football. Yeah. The next play is the next play is the future. Yeah. You don't know what the next play is. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's right on. And so do you feel strongly, Will, that if you train, and you can put Tracer aside on this, but if you if you train, again, no matter whether you're five or 105, as we always say, right, it, it's everybody in between and we can positively affect. That's that's one reason, Will, I believe we can truly affect billions, if not or millions, if not billions of people. Right. Because we can affect everybody from five to 105 and literally everybody in between. Um, and you could be a youth performance athlete. You could be a, a kid that's sedentary playing video games and getting off the couch. Like my dad's first premise was around the tracer technology, as you mm -hmm. know, joystick for kids to play video games, right? The kid is a joystick now and it was to get them off the couch and start moving because of the sedentary lifestyle that he saw coming in this, you know, in our future, which has turned into a, a huge reality as we all know, uh, because of video gaming, is it the middle-aged person that just wants to be a weekend warrior will or stay healthy? Is it the aging population that wants to prevent falls? And is it everybody in between really that allows um, them to, to become better performers with or without dis disablement or disability? It's going to improve everybody as far as I can tell. Do you, have you felt that way over the last- Absolutely. Well, years? and it's like, it's like a lot of things that you show in your, uh, on your website when, when you talk about seniors. Because again, when, you know, I got into Tracer and your dad was talking to me, it was all about sports and athletes and, and right. young people. But now we're, as you're saying, we're realizing 
this is helping senior citizens. It's helping people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s help them prevent from falling. That's very critical. Yeah. That's just as critical as somebody being able to go to the combine and be the first round draft pick. An 80 year old being able to walk and not have having to fall and, and very concerned and confident that they can walk up the stairs and down the stairs and to the bathroom. That's that's very critical to that person. Yeah. And and um, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head and be honest in that realm, William, as you know, it's life or death versus just a contract. Right. Right. And right. It, it's truly life or death at that point. And, and that's where one reason why, you know, that aging population, I didn't think from the get-go will necessarily that that the aging population was going to resonate with a gamified environment and you know measuring what matters and 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 you know playing interactive fun engaging activities that actually are making them better the reality is it's turned out that the aging population might be as much or more so competitive than even the athletic population <laughs> because they want to make independence. So. They want to make sure that they stay independent and they don't fall and they don't break a hip and they live right. as long a life as possible. Right. Absolutely. And what's more important than that, man, you know, you know, put that million dollar contract aside. That's great. But they're young kids are going to be okay. At least physiologically be and okay. everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Senior. But yeah. Make it if they fall. No, Craig, would you going to say something? I was going to ask you about, um, you know, just like like lessons that you have for, you know, the youth coming up, the high schoolers, the college kids that are, you know, trying to get to that next level, you know, athletically or just in general getting on in the world. You know, what what are the key life lessons you have for some of those guys just from your, you know, your background and experiences? Well, as I always, when I always talk to youth and student athletes always tell them remember your first title student that's your real career yeah, that's yeah. the one that you really have control over and you can control that one you, you know it's only 19 what is 1900 1800 1900 players in the nfl there's yeah. 70,000 playing in college right so that's a big difference that's a big difference that's a, yeah so that but, pyramid you know, is real that pyramid is real that, exactly exactly there's only what 200 drafted every year yeah that, 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 that make it in there so you know and the average is only three and a half four years or something like that is the average time in the nfl so you know it's one thing that, that that can be a goal of yours work hard for it but again work just as hard as being that student yeah because that's going to be your real career yeah that's one of the things that's amazing about your background that i love you know is you know you got a four-year engineering degree in a, in a tough field and we're an all-american at the same time you know and college that i mean that blows me away that you were able to accomplish that at the same time because not well, I was, guys, I was just trying, I was just, six or seven years to do that <laughs> i was just i was just trying to be a mentor to my my young brother and he still didn't go into engineering so he didn't want to do it, so degree you got in engineering. I think it's right surgical engineering major, but it, it, it takes me a multiple times to think through that in my head before I can actually say metallurgical. William, engineering. Metallurgical. Metallurgical. Yeah. yeah. I still think I said it wrong. Uh, Will, that great question, Craig. Well, one thing is that, um, you know, you've been around sort of from day one, to be honest, right? And um, when I, I, we were talking about the story about that aha moment, right? My, my uh, family's garage after we had sold that product line off to another big medical company. 
and my dad was looking for the new next greatest thing, right? And uh, my mom being Mary Ellen, as you know, uh, being mom to us, and my brother and I were, I don't know, 11 and 12 years old sitting on the couch, and he comes running in from the garage, freaking out and foaming at the mouth, as he always did, Will, as you know, literally slobbering on himself, being like, Mary, Mary, you got to see this. And he's shaking and uh, he makes me look calm, which is scary to those that are on this on this call. And, he, and he's like, kids, get off the couch. You got to see this. And he had that little imp, Will, if you remember that, with the, yep. with the tennis ball with the eyes. Right, man? Yep. And he had this big belt buckle that he created. It looked like a giant belt buckle for those that aren't aware. And it emitted an infrared light that was tracked by these two hand ground sensors on the front of what he called Tracer for tracking laser. And that was mm -hmm. our Volkswagen of Tracers, I call it, Will, because it was the size of a freaking Volkswagen. Yeah. $1,000 to hand build, as you remember. Mm -hmm. um, it's not commercially viable, but damn it was innovative wasn't it and at the time yep at the, at the time, time we thought that was incredible the at the time we thought that was the coolest thing in the world yeah yeah you're right yeah. it was unbelievable and, and to the point will as you know that he ended up on oprah uh you know the surgeon general and and Oprah's yep. saying, if you want your kids to get off the couch and start moving tracers you know tracers it and espn outside the lines and katie couric and arnold saying it's the future of fitness but, you know, those groups shut our phone lines down, as you probably remember, literally shut our phone lines down for weeks. But we couldn't build them more than we could build more than one a month at $50,000 a pop. And so that goes to tell you, and I'm leading into something here. The idea of, um, you know, what we talk about today, Will, is timing, team and tech. Right. And so we look at the timing of the market. We look at the timing of other technologies that are available for us to integrate and implement our vision. Um, the team so vital right and you're nobody's better than you at team and i want to hear your your opinion on this side my dad um will i think you'll you'll recognize this was a lone ranger to a great extent right and he wanted nobody was gonna get in his way he was single-minded he was he believed he's gonna change lives and he's gonna do it he could do it on his own if he had to um my belief's a little bit different right because i've learned the good and bad throughout this process and then the tech, what, the tech that's available for us to, again, implement what we believe in, what we can do to change this world. And at times there are tech limitations that are outside of our scope um, that have to come to fruition before we can enable what we're doing today. And that's what allows us, I believe, to scale today. But do you, do you, did you, that journey that you saw throughout the last, I don't know, 20 years, right? Um, did it remind you of, uh, did it remind you of any life lessons that, you know, you know, or the things that you've gone through from a sports perspective, can you relate any of those, um, sports analogies to business analogies, for example, for the audience? Well, it's all of us, all of us is a growing, increasing and improving situation. I mean, like you say, from a sports perspective, was I the same athlete in high school that I was when I was in the NFL? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> you get killed. So, you know what I'm saying? So again, as you talk about, when you look at where it was, you're right, we was all giddy when he came out with that first one. Now compare that to what we have right now where you, we no longer have that big uh, belt around our waist but, anymore. Yeah. We always got to stay facing the front of the, 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 the Tracer unit and everything. Oh, yeah. But again, at that moment, that was perfect. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So again, you got to accept where you are and what you're doing. But again, you always trying to increase and improve 
just like right now, I'm sure you got engineers that's trying to continually trying to improve and make things better. Right. No that's doubt. what we do. But but as again, you accept what you have because it is right for, for the, the community and the environment and for the athletes and for the senior citizens. But again, probably five, 10 years from now, it's going to be totally different. So in sports, like, uh, you know, complacency to me in life, Will, is one of the biggest issues, right? Like you get complacent, people get complacent, um, they get satisfied. In, in sport, I'm assuming, do you have a belief around sport? Like when you talk to your son, Brandon, who's such a stud, or you talk to some of the other athletes at Ohio State, or you're talking to any group out there, youth athletes, do you talk to them about complacency and, and being satisfied no matter how good you are? Because I remember... I remember Brandon being so good. He, he or Brendan being so good. He just run people over. Will I mean he has six touchdowns, seven touchdowns a game. Literally, growing up, did you talk to him and talk to Brendan about you know don't get complacent here or don't get complacent here because exactly. just because you're that good today doesn't mean that people are going to catch up with you in the future. Is, exactly. Is that and also and also things I used to tell him that don't mean you're going to be that six touchdowns if you plan against another group of people right again you're going to the next level the next level is all that's why they call it the next level and right. again that's why we have a team of people that, that works together as i always say team means together everyone achieves more when you come together as a team you're always trying to get better yeah i love that role and yeah. as we get and you know we we accept what we are right now we're happy with four five six seven eight touchdowns but what you're trying to get better you, you that may not help you in yeah. 10 days from now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's always about that team coming together and everybody knowing their role. You know what I'm saying? Because again, as I also, also told him, you know, you, you, you not scoring touchdowns by yourself. If that offensive line ain't blocking, I promise you, you will not be scoring no touchdown. It ain't just you. It ain't just you. So, again, it, it takes a whole team to be successful. Yeah. And yeah. okay. now I think you're right on. I, um, you know, that's I, why we need. That's why we need Courtney to move to uh, Westlake, so then she can come together as a team. And not. <laughs> oh, she's part of the team. And, and that, that's you know, the bottom line. Will is that no? You she gonna edit that? She gonna edit that part? She gonna edit that part? Chris. No, you don't have to. No, I have to. <laughs> All right, right. It's, it's, world, unfortunately, uh, I'll say unfortunately, because Will, I'm a face-to-face -face guy, as you know, but I'll say unfortunately that we don't have everybody here all the time, but we have an incredible team, right? And um, that oh, yeah. was my, I think my dad's struggles, not because he didn't love people, as you know, Will, because he loved people more than anybody on this planet. Uh, mm -hmm. But he was very um, definitive in his mindset around what he believed. I mean, there was, he believed that you continue to push the envelope no matter what. And, and he never, and you might remember this, William, he never wanted to slow down for anything or anyone from the next idea. It didn't matter. He had another idea. Mm -hmm. He was going to keep moving and he was going to move at a billion miles an hour. And I remember telling him and getting into actual arguments, Will, about the fact that I said, dad, you got to slow down long enough for people to understand what the heck you're doing today, much less it's already 15 years ahead of the curve. Slow right. down, stop for a second, let the, the, let the marketplace catch up and then continue to progress your vision. And you can yeah. do that simultaneously. At least I, you know, I think you can, 
but he had no interest in that, William, from what you might remember. I remember, I remember some conversations with him about that as well. Like you say, he was always looking at the future, but you know, I, I remember one time calling, I told him, I said, quit being a, a, a mini dictator. Just calm down a little bit, accept <laughs> where we are right now and let's come united and we will be just fine. He, he laughed like never before. Before, it was it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Best thing in the world, man. And 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 by you know, to your point, he had an incredible sense of humor. He was wonderful, but oh, yeah. he was he was locked in and nobody was gonna get in his way. And I understand that mindset, Will, as you do as well, especially in sports and everything else. But ultimately it does come back to team, doesn't it? And and what I've realized and what you've helped me with, Big Bro, and what everybody in this calls helped me with. Um, and a lot of other, you know, really good mentors have helped me with is realizing that you can't build anything on your own, right? You've got to surround yourself with the best and the best team on the planet. And, and my dad always did say this, whether he felt, whether he believed it or not, I don't know. So this day, but, um, he always said that Barry, you want to be the dumbest guy in, in the room. <laughs> and I was like, dad, what the hell are you talking about? I would be the dumbest guy in the room. You know, that's pretty easy for me to do, by the way, but, right. but be the dumbest guy in the room. And, and I said, well, what do you mean? He said, in every, in any individual function of your business, whether it's operations, marketing, finance, you know, doesn't matter technology. Um, if you're the smartest guy in that room, then we got a real problem in that one area. Right. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do is be the leader that pulls people together, that has the vision and the strategy and the mission and help drive that and align people so they're all roads in the same direction. And and he he had a really good perspective on that. Whether he executed on it, Will, I don't know. But um, I do know that timing is, is almost everything in business to a great extent. And because of that, it's allowed us to get to where we're at today where we can now scale this and achieve what he believed in, but also our own internal mission and vision around this business. Do you see that now after all this time period? And yes, I would like for it to work faster, but yes, I do see that the progress is everything that he always looked for and was looking to do. We're reaching that point and we're getting there. Mm -hmm. And I think the future is going to be even better for us. And what, when you got involved, William, what was your goal? What was your mission or sort of your vision? Was it, was it helping our youth athletes? Was it helping everybody? Like, what, what did you see initially? And then where do you, what do you see now as far as- Well, initially, initially when I got in, you know, I opened up that uh, training facility with Butch mm -hmm. Reynolds. So that was my main thing, again, was helping out athletes and, and young kids uh, becoming better equipped to- their ability and their movement and things of that nature cause all sports. I don't care if it's football, basketball, base, even if it's baseball, which all you do is kind of go to sleep. Like, you know, that's sports you play. That's so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to keep my know, mouth shut on that. <laughs> all of it, all of us, all of us important and, and, and things of that nature. And I thought trades are also help people key. It's also, get ready to learn in school because I use that a lot too. I told them just as hard as you work in here, work this hard, train this hard because I always tell them don't like the, the guy that told me, I would tell them, hey, don't don't call it homework, just call it training. Yeah. You're training on your math, you're training on your science, you're training on your history, you're training on your, yeah, just like you do when you come here, you know, because those kids that used to come to my facility, man, they, they enjoyed it. They had a lot of fun. 
So like, why don't you have this much fun when you're doing the other training? Well, well, you bring up a great point. Where does the mental aspect of sports come in? And so, as you know, with Tracer, we're big believers in the neuromechanical realm, right? The brain-body connection. Um, yeah, how much of a role in your in your mind does the brain play? Um, and it, do you feel like the do you feel like some of the future is wrapped around the brain versus the physio? Because we've trained as you one hundred percent, buddy. And one hundred percent, it was physiological training, right? There was no cognitive training at all. Now, no. do you believe in this neuromechanical realm? One hundred percent. Okay. Because again, your your muscles don't move without your brain. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but again, if, if, if without your brain in that cognitive part, right. your body ain't doing nothing. Just like like my arms don't my arms don't move. Why? Because my uh, motor neurons, my brain is still active. But yeah. the motor neurons ain't they're not. So the brain can't get the message to them. Yeah. Exactly. So your brain is your brain and your muscles is, is again, your body is a team. It all works, every part works together. That's great. And when That's they the, don't work together, mm, things that fall might out. Be the more brilliant things my big bro's ever said. Your body is a team <laughs> and it all works together. I it, it, listen, Will. That's, I'm going to, I'm going to write that one down and I'm going to rip, I'm going to steal it from you, buddy. Cause I think that's really well said. <laughs> that's one of the smartest things you've ever said. Well, actually, we, 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 we should have start putting some part of that in Tracer though. Seriously. No, it, 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 it is, it is training the whole body. Well, yeah. it, it, well, Will, and, and like what we do on the neuromechanic side now, we, you can solve math problems and move, right? Uh, I was talking to Jeff Allen down in Alabama and Jack Marucci from LSU on Friday at length. And I'm excited to fill you in offline on that. But uh, bottom line is when they see the neuromechanical aspects of like a flanker test, right? Which is a 40 year well-validated neuropsych test with the arrows at the top of the screen and you focus on the center arrow. You've seen that. But they said decision-making, executive processing is everything for our quarterbacks. It's everything for our athletes. And wow. so we engage that and they look at their ability to see the stimulus with their eyes, ocular, right? process that information from a, a cognitive standpoint. So arrow is pointing right or is pointing left in the center of those five arrows and then execute from a motor standpoint. They go, that's sport, that's life. That's everything that we do. Mm -hmm. So why not just continuously integrate cognitive and musculoskeletal consistently in performance and in rehab to better align the brain and body for a better performer, right? All I'm going to say on that one is amen. I like that. <laughs> hey, no, seriously. Amen on that. That's, yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah, that's what we, that's what we believe as you know, and, 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 you know, gutterly believe, but Hey, Will, I want to, I want to um, ask you to talk a little bit about if you don't mind, and, and this is totally your call, man, but um, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing to support ALS right now, man? And um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're dealing with it right now. But I, I'd really like to know what you're doing to help support it and your mission. If you want to put out, uh, you know, your website as far as uh, your nonprofit is concerned, I'd love to have that for the audience. Uh, would you mind talking a little bit about that, buddy? Well, actually, I just had a we just had a um, committee meeting, and they do have a website up, but I don't know it offhand. I think it's fight to defeat ALS. Okay, but I might be I might be wrong. But anyway, um, so yeah, we got a yeah, we'll go ahead and lock it down. Uh, we got a couple things going on. We got a uh, 
skydiving coming up in June, J- July. July, yeah, yeah. Courtney, you going to jump out you of the plane. Courtney Craig, and, and Barry going to jump out this plane oh, with me. I should have brought this yeah, up. See, job. I'm sorry for bringing this to the team. Right. <laughs> brought it up. So, and uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do a. We're going to do a. 70 mile bike ride from uh, Wexner awesome. Center, OSU Wexner Center to the to the skydiving place on uh, okay. on July 10th. And then on the 11th, we're gonna jump out the plane. So how about I do the bike ride and then you jump out of the plane, big bro? <laughs> See, there you go. All right, cause I can't, okay, there you go. See, that's Wait, I thought that's, this was hey, a team effort. That's a team effort because I can't ride a bike. I can't ride a bike, so okay, you you ride the bike and I jump. There we go. I'll pull you. Tag team. No, that's great. So you already did one skydiving event, right, out in Utah? Yeah, out of Moab. Yeah. Yeah, and how was that? How was your first experience? That first experience was man. Again, unlike Ohio, it was mountains. I jumped over. It was amazing. We was up there like four or five minutes. It was man. It was my my glasses came off. He was man. He was he was pulling me all over the place. It was it was amazing. Now I, I will I will admit when you first jump out that plane, there's a lot of screaming. There's a yeah. There's there's a lot of screaming. But once you see that sight, man, it's it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And, and, and did you relax after you first jumped, Will? I hear from people. It's almost like it's it's so peaceful and oh yeah. You, That's you, what I said, like when you, because again, the guy, it was funny. The guy said, okay, we're going to jump in. We're going to jump in five seconds. He said five, four, and then he, he pushed me out. Push so, out. yeah. So, like, I screamed for maybe five, 10 seconds. But once you start looking and you see the scenery, yeah, man, yeah. you don't even, ain't no fear. Wow. Really? Because it's cool, bro. I mean, it, it's really cool. It's really, it really is cool. And then, it, then when they throw the, the parachute up, you pull back up and then you just, Man, it's like it's like you you get to be a bird. You well, get you to know, be a bird, bro. about anxiety, right? Anxiety is worrying about the future, and so I already right. started, even though it's in July, worrying about the future, about jumping out of a damn plane with you. But I'm gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> gonna have to do it, man. But it's giving me anxiety starting today, and I'm kind of. Hey, out. don't worry about it. Go use the restroom right now. I see, I see you get wet. I see you get wet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I literally can't wait. Uh, um, but no, that's awesome. So you're so you've got some events coming up. So you have that. Um, and then we got a we got a we got a Lima walk that we're doing uh, in August. Uh, walk to defeat. I'm gonna have a bunch of former players come come down to Lima, and uh, Lions and Ohio State players come down to Lima. When's that gonna be? You know. Uh, August the seventh is Saturday. August seventh. Saturday, August the seventh. Okay. Yeah. I I know anything that uh, we can be involved with, as you know, uh, this is incredibly close to our hearts, and uh, anything we'd be involved with, we want to be involved with. So uh, I appreciate that. Well, it's all going all one hundred percent going to the research for ALS. So because again, they still don't know how to diagnose the disease. You got to go through all these tests and MRIs and X rays and stuff like that. So. Dr. Cobes is working on, you know, just a one-time thing to, to do to be able to diagnose it. So well, I, hopefully you know, that'll help. It's safe to say this now without getting in trouble. Because, um, but I, I was praying that this was all big facade and a, and a big, you know, when they're doing your testing, because there is no way to really diagnose, as you said, Will, 
And I said, hey, I, you didn't drink any water, man. I was like, you're dehydrated. That's why you're having this twitching and muscle twitching. And crap. Right. And I was convinced. I convinced myself, William, that that was the case, man, because I That's love you it. so much. And I'm like, this idiot just drinks a bunch of caffeine. He doesn't drink any water. I said, right. that's wrong. <laughs> and I swore to myself that that was the case, big bro. And it just, you know, it's, um, you're the one that's living with it, but it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a shit. Excuse my language, but I don't care. Shitty disease, right? Um, it's the shittiest disease. Same time, dude, I've never seen somebody in my life that's a better mindset than you do, buddy, ever about life in general, much less about, you know, dealing with this. And I, there's so many life lessons to be learned by the way you handle this, man. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, and I, and I might there's, three, pe there's my, three people. Uh, there's three, three people. There's yeah. three people on this podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, outside of me, there's three people on this podcast. Did everybody wake up this morning? Yes. We did. We're blessed, right? Guess what? I woke up too. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey. And you're here with that goofy ass <laughs> smile on your face, man. <laughs> That's why I love you. There you, you go. There you go. Man. Oh, you're still here. Yeah. Goofy ass smile. I'm good, my man. Um, it's unbelievable. Can't get no um, better. I don't know if this is appropriate to tell or not. I mean, we can always, uh, we can always talk about this, but one of the best days of, uh, of my life, to be honest, Will was, it was, uh, when, you know, my, my dad was ended up in hospice on a Sunday morning. You had called me and my birthday was on Wednesday, right? January 15th, 2020. I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you called me and you go, hey, how's how's dad doing, man? And I said, you know, he's not doing well. He's, he's sort of comatose. And I said, if you want to see him, you better, you know, you better come in. Well, me not really thinking through it at the time, Will, I was like, well, how the heck are you going to get in? You got, you know, you can't move your arms. <laughs> and so it's not funny, but at the same time, here's you that cares so much and has such a giant freaking heart, man, that you drive in with your knee. <laughs> to Cleveland to see my dad a day because you go and I remember this vividly Will you said little bro he goes I was going to come in and surprise you on your birthday but if he's not going to make it to your birthday you know then I'm going to come in early and you showed up I think on I don't know it was Monday or Tuesday that you showed up a day before and you know only one outside of our immediate family that was there and I, I just remember being like, here's a guy that has his own stuff going on, right? That comes in and drives in with your knee <laughs> to see my father. And, and the best part, Will, was when you're sitting there kissing my dad on the face, buddy. And just kissing him. He's comatose. I mean, he is out cold, right? And he woke up twice in three days. Right. And he looks at my brother. He looks at Neil and he goes, Neil? Where's the butcher's knife? He goes, no, I need two. That's all he said. And literally, I'm not even joking. He had right. two comments in three days, and that was one of them. The other one was even more inappropriate. But right. <laughs> that's my father for you, man. Yeah, that's what you, your mom mom told me that. That's the only time she's seen him smile in a couple of days when I start kissing him on his face and everything. Right. Kissing him on right. the face. <laughs> <laughs> teaching him like he used to he used to teach you and vice versa right like, right hey, buddy come here man and and that was the greatest damn thing i've ever seen will um so i appreciate it more than you know buddy and our friendship means more to me than you know obviously oh um, man family is always real that's all that all it is man but anything that you want to add uh william uh to the conversation here buddy well i'm just waiting on courtney to say something or Getting emotional, so I don't need to say anything. Oh, 
<laughs> I'm a very emotional person and I obviously didn't have the honor of meeting Barry Sr. So just hearing the story, it definitely oh. pulls at my heartstrings. So <laughs> he was a great guy. He was a great guy. Yes, he was. It was very special. A lot of fun, always positive. Yeah. 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 You guys are like twin brothers, man. I, I mean, I yep. know you yeah, We got along very well. Yeah. It was unbelievable, man. Uh, Craig, anything you want to add? I just, I just, I just love the, um, I love all the people like, like you, William, that, you know, have been in around this family for so long and uh, the relationships that have been built and the legacy that, you know, we're continuing to build, you know, with it, you know, and it's for everybody that is tied together as this kind of extended Tracer family. Um, I don't think there's anything better than that, you know, what, that part of it that we're building and those relationships that we have, we're very, very fortunate to know people like you and work with people like you and have your attitude infect us, you know, with just that go get it, go after it. I mean, nothing better than that. So I appreciate everything you do. Well, Craig, to you, even though we're virtual. <laughs> <laughs> I got, it. I, got I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I yeah. want mine off. It's all good. Right. <laughs> hey, well, hey, uh, William, thank you so much, man, for joining right. us. Uh, My pleasure. You, appreciate you, brother. You're the Love best. You. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.